Gina. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to connect dots here. Yeah, <coughs> I thought Noah's Ark was like his plot line in the whole story. <laughs> it was like his ark. You know what I mean? Like he started off as just a bearded dude building shit, and then he ended up one of the greatest people ever to have existed. Um, and then it was all about two by two. Now, was he talking about timber? <laughs> Because <laughs> he, he used a lot of it. <laughs> and all I remember is and two by two and two by two. What about fucking four before? <laughs> <laughs> you can only get so far in this world with two by two. I know, I know. You need a bit of thickness. Mm. <laughs> Getting back to our previous conversation. <laughs> Connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. <laughs> Yes, g'day and welcome once again to another edition of Stacks Podcast. Now, this is kind of a take two because I'm about to show you some of the... Well, I'm not going to show you. You're going to hear some of the footage that we tried last time. What happened last time was Pete came around, my good friend Pete, and he'd been over... Early Beach. Early Beach. And uh, he'd been living over there and he'd come over and we caught up. And, of course, a few drinks led to a few too many. And you're about to hear a little bit of uh, that. So, without further ado... Please put your hands together once again for a beautiful Warm Stacks podcast from my good mate, Mr. Pete Ashton. Play the music! I can hear it. Oh, wow. Mate, how place. are you? Very good, sir. Yourself? Good, mate. Just... Punch it. Yeah, get on that Eat mic. It. Yeah. yeah, stick it in your face. Eat the mic. Stick that mic in your face, mate. You don't know how many times I've said that to people. Eat the mic. Eat, Eat it. And this is coming from someone who uh, eats mics all the time. I... Oh, Do you eat I mics? Reckon, Are you a yeah. mic eater? Pretty much. Yep. Slobber all over the thing, just completely... I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I just inhale it. Good job. Mm. Mate, it works. Mate, good, quick question. Um, you've been over here, I caught up with you, I think it was three days into your stay, and now you're at the back end of it. How's it been for your little trip back to WA? It's been too good. I'm having way too much fun. I feel guilty. You feel guilty? Yep. Why, why is that? Oh, it's just been a... I had a horrible last year, as you're well aware. And I, I don't know. I think it's just my pessimistic nature, uh, nature that I'm... For some reason, when things happen that are just too much fun, too good, too often, for too long, I find I feel like the universe has just been too kind to me or something, and I feel like something bad is going to happen. So I've always been like that. So everything in this trip has gone well for you? Yeah, but even before that, for the last, say, two months, it's just been too good. Two and a half months, probably. Too much fun. That's the pessimist in me. That's good, but... It's good because it keeps me grounded. I'll never become one of those, I don't know, through the roof people that just think, I don't know, hippies or I'll never become like a narcissist or a a bigot or any of those horrible things. I'll never become a shit person, I believe, to really put it bluntly. I asked a a fellow once, I said, uh, mate, can you tell me why you got so many wives? And, I was, and he goes, oh, I just, you know, I want to support them. I'll support them all. 
and then uh, okay, yeah, and I was like, well, that's pretty good. That's and pretty then cool. uh, and then I said, oh, so you know, is it? Are you trying to make make a statement? Are you trying to be cool or what? He said, mate, it's just bigamy. Was <laughs> <laughs> starting with shit jokes already. <laughs> Right, yeah, so let's get back now. We only played a, a little sample then of uh, how we were the other night. You've heard just a little bit of it. But uh, we ended up pretty, uh, I'd say shitface is a pretty good... Fair description. Fair description of how we ended up. But we night. didn't believe that we were shitface. No, it we was kind of we like a... Yeah. Like we sounded then, you can tell by the slow speech that but we're, we're not travelling too well. I thought we were flying. Yeah. So we weren't too smashed because if we were shit-faced, then we would be vegetables unable to put sentences together, which was probably the case, but we didn't think that at the time. So that's actually so we've a good just, way to be. We've just cracked a, uh, a bottle of Ethan Broadbent from the band Spud Guns Ginger Beer. Oh, wow. And uh, very delicious. Homebrew. Homebrew. In a big plastic yeah, thing. Yeah, like a pot. Well, for plastic brew, that's pretty good. Hmm. I'm uh, pretty happy with it. We had a crack a very long time ago at home brews, but in plastic and the fact that our Sorrento house didn't have any kind of climate control anywhere whatsoever, it was a bit of a failure. But we did have some big breakthroughs. You hear about the little Johnny joke that uh, he had to put climate in a sentence? No, talking about, you know, like... Uh, temperature and all that kind of stuff and johnny's picking his nose in the back of the class and miss goes johnny stop picking your nose and he's going oh sorry miss have you listened to a word we've said and he's going nah she goes well we're talking about climate do you even understand what it is he goes yep she goes i don't believe you johnny put it in a sentence for me and he goes the hill was so steep i couldn't climb it (laughs) (laughs) very good yeah yeah joke bad joke number two done (laughs) dusted Mate, so um, yeah, so it's all gone well. I'm glad. I'm glad it has. Have you missed playing live gigs in the last two weeks? Yes, I'm pumped. But I was offered a gig by my new drummer for fill in for his band. Pretty much a couple of hours after I get off the plane tomorrow. So what doing? Um, playing guitar or drums? Or I'll be fronting a five piece pop cover band. Right, which is a little bit out there for me how do you how do you go because i think you're like me where we've always played guitar and sing we're we're similar where we we tend to lead a lot of bands we play in um as far as we do a lot of the vocals and the rhythm guitar and then the band does their their shiz but how do you go when you sing without a guitar do you feel a bit naked i do and it's something that i've actually kind of i've been working on it getting comfortable Dancing, literally going out. You mean doing? Oh, you mean going getting out. smashed and going? I really need because I've I've always had to dancing and it's you know always what's because weird? of the self consciousness. This is something I found with a lot of musos. None of them know how to dance. Yeah, it's bizarre. We've got all the rhythm in the world. Yeah, but don't know how to move. Can't move. You know. But like, I think it's a self conscious thing. There's a reason why we become musos. We want to express ourselves and we can't do it by dancing. Right. And we can't do it by I don't know the other authentic ways that in society we must you know express ourselves so we play music and we scream and we i was in a uh, hip-hop outfit um if you ever want to google it 
I was heavy D in a uh, b-boy outfit and we used to do break dancing uh, the reason it was called break dancing is because every time I'd do like the worm or something like that I'd often break something <laughs> uh, but I was a true story I was, I was uh, we had I was known as heavy D and then there was a uh, what up G was my mate Grant and then uh, yeah b-boy bling was big bad Tim Turner from uh, up Port Hedlandway would go into the Aboriginal communities and would lay down the vinyl and because it was all about contacting and you know like getting these guys in to yeah. contact them and see if we the services we can provide or you know just is everything going good at home and we're mentoring and oh, nice. you know a bit of psychology and all that kind of stuff so we'd lay down the vinyl because we'd go into the communities they would see us fellas and just run to the hills mm. you know like our oh, white fellas are in town you know like what do they want they oh, want yeah. something and just yeah. take off so we dressed up as all like b-boys sort of you know like hip hoppers and went in and laid down the thing and we made up a big stereo which we called the gecko blaster and uh, <laughs> instead of the ghetto blaster and we we painted it all up and wrote gecko blaster on it and we juiced this thing up that's awesome and i i then put it into a, a couple of big speakers as well and we'd put the vinyl down like this eight by eight foot square bit of vinyl and would lay it down in the dust up in the up in the pilbara and then just hit this thing and then like we'd do heavy Hancock's rocket and stuff like that and then get out and we'd just start breakdancing in these communities. That's and fantastic. people just come out and go, what the f*** is these guys doing? You that know? is so good. And then they'd come out and we'd start talking to us and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, we'd just do it like shopping centres. We'd just start busting out moves and like looking at them and go, what, you think you're bad? You think you, you want to take me on? And it wasn't... <laughs> There was no violence, and it was like, "Take me on! You want to yeah. dance me on? You want to dance off with me?" That's so yeah. Good. And with these big fat bastards, three of us, and that doing all these, you know, like sort of rap dance and moves very badly. You should see me do the helicopter at one hundred and thirty six kilos. <laughs> More like the Chinook. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It was do you fun. Find, do you find it in these kind of industries that there is a lot of everyone's self conscious and they're way too worried about oh, no, it's not my thing, that's not cool, I'm uncomfortable doing that. And uh, and you find it, I find it personally hard with a lot of people I've met in this industry that are way too self-conscious to be on stage, yet they want to be musicians. Well, that that's exactly what my mate Pete Renzullo was making that film about. Huh. Anticipation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about people who are so self-conscious that it inhibits what they do on stage. Mm. And they can be so much better. They've got all the talent, but they don't uh, tend to express themselves correctly on stage. Or they're way too... They're worried about the attention and the judgment or the... Uh, that people might give of them. I used to have that problem back when I went through TAFE and uni. Yeah, right. I had a phobia of performing in front of other musicians... Not in front of people, just musicians. Well, musicians would be the hardest because it's like when you do a gig, you know, you can pick a musician in the crowd. Yeah. You know, they're the ones standing back and they're analytical, but yeah. even the, they've got that analytical look about them. Yeah, big time. And I've had it done to me so many times. And all the way through TAFE, I think personally that I was over-analytical of others. And so therefore, I, I'd assume that they were doing the same thing of me. And I'd got this thing on stage where I just could not, I'd make one, any mistake and it was so easy to make mistakes that weren't mistakes. And then I <laughs> oh overanalyze that and go, fuck, I fucked that up. Oh no, that fucked up. And then it just turned into a train wreck. Because you'd be down on yourself for your mistakes? For the first mistake. And so then I used to be like worse. that for all of about 12 months. And then, and I, the problem with me is I just kept making mistakes and 
I learnt, uh, and I guess that's why I probably developed humour in my co- uh, comedy in my mm. music, that just to cover up the shit things I was doing, <laughs> like, because people know, especially with other musos as well, and and I've had like blokes like Phil Emanuel sort of turn around to me and they've said like, you're far from the best guitarist I've ever played with, Puff, but you're the most fun on stage. And it all, we'll be just turning and I'll just crack people up with just things. And I'll just stop and talk to people in the crowd and have a go at them and pick on something they're wearing or, you know, or there might be a sort of, you know, <laughs> a hot chick in the crowd. I'm like, hey, stop, stop, stop. Excuse me, that lady down at the SU. Yeah. Just a quick question. Uh, do you believe in love at first sight? And she'll be like, fuck off you. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. So you want me to walk by again? <laughs> you know, and then back influenced. into the song and drop into the song and the guys I played with started to like it because people would hang around because yeah, they, the engagement know. the interaction yeah. and any I did way a, you can I did a show out at Mundaring on Sunday just gone and uh, it was flogging down rain and there was a poetry society that was just finished their poetry thing and you think poets wouldn't be into the music so much and, and then I guess they might be but so they're all trapped in the pub and, and my goal was to keep them all there so I stopped playing so much music and, and I started engaging the crowd and I just started telling stories and telling stories about like gigs and, and touring and picking on Peter because he's legally blind and giving him heaps, you know, like sort of telling people like this guy's making a movie, he's legally blind, so make sure when you see it, tell him what it looked like, you know, things, <laughs> like, things like that. And, just like, and then they all stayed because um, we just kept them engaged. And we, ha- I had people there from as young as 12, 13 years old right through to 70, 80-year-old people. 90 maybe even. You know. I think that in a lot of ways, a lot of musicians don't understand that it's a performance. It's not just them being skillful or dexterous or whatever the hell that word is to impress people. People are impressed by you know, for a couple of minutes and then after that, they want to be entertained. Yeah, yeah. And you've influenced me even with, with the way I've seen you play and perform on stage. Um, to Now, when I'm in Early Beach, because of a lot of different circumstances, everything from noise restrictions to, um, oh God, playing in front of managers that just don't seem to know anything. I've developed this thing where it's... Uh, I play a couple of songs. If I don't get anything back, I start mixing up the songs until I get a reaction. If I still don't get a reaction, I start interacting with people in the crowd or anyone who's interacted with me. I I pick. I don't pick on them. Yeah. Unless you unless there's something funny, you know you're going to get something. Yeah. Back. yeah. And it's so easy then to bounce off that and then start something from there. You build. You can build a night on it. And I find it just such a fun challenge these days, considering no one can see it. There's a particular venue that I'm playing in a lot uh, that it's 88 decibel, can barely be heard. People barely notice you on stage. I've started setting up lights so that you can see who's on stage, i.e. me on my nights. And also, I put humour in the performance. I, I do anything I can to get a response. And I've got it down to a point now where I'm successful 95% of the time. I get a good night. There is some times where you, it's impossible because it's been a bloody hot day and no one gives a f and <laughs> and they're just buggered. So there's no way you'll get them on the dance floor. Or, or they want to talk not, about work. Yeah. Oh, I just want to talk about work. They don't want to... Yeah. Finish working. What do you want to talk about? Work. Mm. <laughs> Jeez, I love work. 
Don't talk shop at the pub. Mm. I thought that was a general rule, but maybe they've got to put a sign up at the front. I don't know. Like a yeah, like like how they've put up now for all the bikers. You, you're not allowed in if you're wearing a biker paraphernalia. Yeah. Has that reached up as far as Cairns? Because I know Queensland's gone nuts on it. I haven't seen any anti-bikey paraphernalia. No. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, to a degree. There's a... I don't. I haven't even seen a bikey up there. I must admit, we're in a tourist town. I don't see. I don't know. I'm surprised about that because uh, I am a little bit too. Now you mention it. Yeah, because you think like the bikers are like I'm going to say it. A lot of them like are involved with moving a bit of gear. <laughs> And and Ellie Beach is a party town. So. Well, maybe they're just cl- more. They're smarter up there, and they keep a low profile. They wear camo, <laughs> bikey camo, bikey camo, which would be what? Um, uh, Hawaii- no beard, ha- no Hawaii- Hawaiian yeah, shirts. No sh- Hawaiian shirts, no beard, Shave thongs, the beard, thongs, yeah, thongs, and uh, and cart around like three kids and a missus. Because there's still heaps of gear up there. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but the backpackers seem to just find gear. I'm like, how the? Where did you? What? How? <laughs> gear, gear. <laughs> ah, cool. So, um, tell us a bit about uh, KCs now. KC's. KC's. Good old KC's. It's a bit of an institution. It's a little little pub. Tell. If you ever travel and you get the chance, go to a place called KC's. It's a cool little music venue. Is it primarily music? It is a music venue, really. It is. It's a steakhouse. Would you say house? Would you say it's one of the premier ones in Early Beach, or is there others that? Yeah, but what you def- define premier? Well, what's is there a specific music hub venue in Early Beach where people go? That's where we're going to get music five nights a week, six nights a week. There's a couple. Yep. Because uh, oh, I've ne- shenanigans. There's oh. magnums. There's beaches, but except for the stupid DJ nights. But hey, they work because they give out free champagne, ladies' night. Oh, and love then yeah. KC's is another one, and hopefully soon a place called Northerlies will be. But that's out of town. But yeah, it's definitely a music hub, big time. Yeah, I mean the whole place has always been. But yeah, of a, I mean because it's got it's, it reminds me a little bit of Darwin. I've actually. Mm. You know how like it's always got backpackers in it. It's not a big town, but it's it's warm and everyone's out, sort of thonging it up and heading out that night. Exactly. You know, so. And there's signs everywhere going: if you don't have shoes on, you don't get served. But it doesn't. Everyone's got you, thongs. Everyone's on. got thongs. On. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up on shoes up there because um, it was the wet season since I've been there. I literally gave up on shoes about two weeks in. Yeah. Just thongs everywhere. Thonging Because otherwise you're just walking around in a swamp. Yeah. Because you're constantly wet. Yeah. <laughs> I remember playing a, uh, a a gig in Broome and I wore a Santa suit and it was that hot. I oh. sweat so much that I, I my vision went blurry. And then by the end of the night I fell off stage, but that was probably because of the litre and a half of Jack Daniels I consumed. Plus dehydration would have Plus assisted. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't help. And... Uh, Funny thing about that was there was a guy in the crowd who got up and finished my set. And at the end of the night, they basically decided to keep him and flick me. Uh, Mer- Merry Christmas, Santa. Get in your sleigh and piss off. <laughs> was he um, uh, a comedian? No. no Just he, some bloke. Uh, he was sort of known up there. And uh-huh. he was kind of the rock. Because the guys I was playing with were pretty old. 
Oh, you're playing in a band. Playing in a band, All yeah, right. as in a Santa suit, but it was because it was a Christmas show. And uh, you can imagine, late December, 34, 35 degrees, 3,000% humidity. <coughs> I'm dressed in a Santa suit. Uh, you do, why would you do it to yourself? I don't know. I don't know, but I swear my pubic region had a moat. And a drawbridge. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to ask the specs on no, the drawbridge. No, I was down. <laughs> <laughs> Access all areas. So uh, we might listen to a song. Uh, thank you to Scudley Records and Peter Ranzullo. We're going to play you a song. I'll tell you a little bit about it after this moment.
and we are back. That was Circles. It's an interesting, haunting kind of melody there, Pete. Mm. Yeah. It's, I uh, like the haunting stuff. You do? Yeah. He, that's, and Pete sings all that. He's not really known for his vocals, but he's nailed it there. Yeah, right. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even know that he sang much at nah, all. No, that was him. That was him the whole the whole way through. Wow. Yeah, he um yeah he nailed it. He done really well. Uh, obviously recorded in his scuddly scuddly studios, and uh, he's doing amazing things still to this day. We have got a little gem in Pete Ranzillo. If he doesn't make it in the world, we'll hear about him in the future. You know, about like a, a an independent sort of Kevin Smith type guy that was around Perth scene back in, you know, back in two thousand and sixteen. And who's you know, Kevin Smith? Silent Bob and Jay movies. Ah, oh. that director, and also the the one uh, Clerks and things like that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So good. very interesting. Uh, that was I have to the, give him a thumbs up. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. So that's a pretty cool song, pretty cool tune. And that's, once again, coming out of Scudley Records. Now, if you guys are interested in recording and want to make yourself a good little recording, go to Scudley Records, www.scudleyrecords.com. And he is out at Bassendine in WA. And get online, uh, check out Scudley Records or Peter Renzullo on uh, Facebook. Get a hold of him and talk to him about making your own album. He will also help produce it and uh, add a few instruments and things like that too if you want to really beef up your sound. So he's a great man for uh, that kind of thing. And to be honest, he's one of the probably better producers uh, in Perth on an overall sense. So uh, yeah, Pete, Pete Renzullo, uh, great guy too. Awesome to work with. Been a friend of the podcast for quite some time too. And uh, the next podcast coming up after this one, Pete, we're going to revisit the Scudbone show. Mm. And we're going to, uh, where Pete and I were running the Scudbone show. So we're going to have audio takes from the Scudbone show and give you a chance to listen to that as well. So, mate, what's the plans? What are you, You're on a plane tonight? I am. F- flying back. Where do you fly back to Queensland or you go straight up to uh, Sydney, then Prosperine, which is closest airport to early. Yeah. Yep. Oh, besides Hamilton Island, but it's a bit easier from Prosy. Don't have to swim back. Yeah, <laughs> technically I could because I've only got carry on. Always handy. Is your car parked at the airport? Or you no. got so- someone picking you up? Got my good mate Yarn. He'll pick me up. Always good for a yarn, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Spins a f- spins a few yarns. <laughs> yeah. No one can pronounce his name properly until they know him. Jan. Everyone Does- thinks he's a girl. Yeah. We actually we were at Bunnings the other week. Yep. <laughs> He pulled out his power pass card because we were collecting some building material for the house we're building, his his house. And uh, the woman looked up and said, "I'm sorry, you can't use this card. You wh- have you have you got one? You didn't." She, she thought it was well. This is Jan's card, and clearly you're not a woman. <laughs> and clearly that's why she got the job at Bunnings because they she, they won't take anyone with a certain yeah. IQ. Yeah. And he literally had to explain to her and she was she wasn't angry about it but she was very forward like I'm sorry but you this is not your power pass card. <laughs> Jan very politely and he's as he in his German way and his German accent um, explained that it's pronounced Jan and actually it is him. <laughs> so all was well but it was I was just laughing in the background I was just Hilarious. So, alles dir gut. Jan. This is Jan Arns' card. What's his, sur- what's his surname? Arns. A-R-N-S. Jan Arns. Jan Arns. It's a different name. Yeah. Because you're half German. 
Quarter yeah, German. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my dad's German, but um, half German. Yeah. Well, technically n- none really. Because you're born There's nothing yeah, German. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Apart from surname's a bit German. Joy Deeg's a bit of a weird name, I suppose. Deeg. Really? Deeg's German. Deeg is, yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound From it. a town called Schwabisch Hall in Deutschland. Bah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, near Stuttgart, down, down south. Ah. Yeah, heading through down towards somewhere. I'm always been keen to get over there. I've never got over to Europe. Done, I've done Asia. Wow. So technically smash I'm more back, German than Smash you. the back out of Asia, just haven't done. <laughs> ah, just pardon the pun, many levels there. I haven't, yeah. Did you know in uh, Singapore there was a, uh, there's a place called F- Singapore? Yeah. No, not Singapore, sorry. Um, in Manila, in the Philippines, there's a place called Four Floors of Whores. <laughs> True story, it's a, it's a place, it's a brothel. It doesn't Massive surprise big me. Four but... Floors of Whores. It's just wrong on so many levels. And it's in English? Uh-huh. Is it in English? I don't know. Or is that the translation? No, I've, I've only heard about it. Probably need to Google it, make sure that it does exist. But uh, we haven't got a producer at the moment that's going to do that for us. But in the future, <laughs> I can, uh, um, when we're... Sub in. Yeah, sub in and just find out. See if there's four floors of halls. I think it's in the... Find out more about that, Pete. Singapore. Okay. Or just... Yeah. Huh? In the red light district? In Singapore? Or? They've got a Facebook page, yep. Singapore. Four floors of whores. <laughs> wow. What? Only 89 people like this. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah, but can you imagine, like, if it was, like, say, for example, myself or someone that's married, you're not going to get a like a page called yeah, Four true. Floors of Whores that's when you've just true. visited uh, Singapore. So. so really, it's more like 89,000. Only one in every thousand people are stupid enough to like to, to Facebook like it. And yeah. get Obviously, single blokes that are pretty proud of their exploits. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? Well, on the single... footy trip, footy players probably. Yeah, true. District footy players. Yeah. <laughs> Rural country footy players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they'll unlike as soon as I get married. Yeah, we were talking the other night. We, I remember we before we sort of passed out, we were vaguely talking about. Uh, and and I know we touched on it in the drunk session that we did prior to it about, you know, like uh, we we were talking. We had a really good conversation about, you know, the earth and catastrophes and a great flood and all that kind of stuff. And we went down that path. And I was just wondering, uh, what was your thoughts on that, or what was your what was your conspiracy theory on? Whether on, there was a great flood or whether... Well, just whether or not history's got it right. Because I remember you clearly saying, I believe history's got it wrong. I believe that history, many times over the course of history, that historians uh, and records have been manipulated or destroyed. Right. At certain times. Due to religious sometimes. like Do you think the... Due to did, wars mainly. Yeah, because I always wonder what the Vatican has, yeah. you know, stashed away. We've got an alien. There's a, there's a conspiracy. There's people that think that there's an alien in the Vatican. Or a couple. Yeah. And they're part of boardroom meetings and all sorts of crazy oh, shit. Oh, so they're alive. Yeah. Are you going live on Facebook? No. Oh, sh- I don't know how to do that. I'll set, you know? I'll set it up. So you think that uh, you think that there's 
That's pretty trippy. Oh, my headphones just kicked in. That's pretty cool. G'day, headphones. Kiki. Sorry, Kiki. Can't come in yet. Nah. For the listeners, that's Jai Deeg's lovely daughter. She requires a lot of attention, and it's hard to get away from her because she is very cute. She's very cute. Very cute. I, uh, I've got to show you a film clip that I cut this morning too. If anyone's on uh, Facebook World or anything like that, go to uh, Amy Wright and a song called Close My Eyes. I've just finished doing her video clip yesterday and uh, very happy with the way that came up. Young girl, um, breaking out into the music industry. She's done very good and uh, got a great little song called Close My Eyes. Now, I'm going to go back to what. And see if I can go live for us people at home. Yep, just down the live video and Yeah, so uh G'day folks at home. Uh we've just gone live on Facebook. G'day, how are you? We are with a little show that I've got called Stacks Podcast, and I'm here with me mate. Pete and uh, we're just sitting in the lounge room while the studio is still being boot- I shouldn't say the lounge room it's kind of like my my little office at home and uh, we're going live so if anyone is watching live feel free to uh, fire in a question or two and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast just remember it's called Stacks Podcast you can find us everywhere I wish I had something to hold the phone but I don't really have anything where we can get both of us in picture. Uh, oh, there's a bit of low-tech engineering. A bit of low-tech engineering. I think you're over there somewhere. There you go. So, uh, yeah. So, Pete, we're talking about uh, phones dying. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a conspiracy. I oh, know. It's a bit radical. I've just... The, the way that they... The phones destroy themselves after not very long. A year buy a brand new phone these days depending on the manufacturer and it won't last longer than a year being functional are you going to say that about the iphone i'm not going to actually name any names because i'm not going to let anyone get the better of me and me say something silly but there are a few companies that i just will stay away from yeah right because i i believe that they've gotten too big for their boots and now they're just making shit and they know that people will buy it because of their name and really, you're taking a risk by buying it because you're not going to be able to return it very easily because their customer service sucks. Um, yeah. So you just bought a new phone. Yes. Um, and what is it? Because I, I actually... ZTE. I, a ZTE. I hadn't heard of it before. Axon 7. It's one of those side companies that's had a crack at building a phone and this is the seventh series and it is an incredible phone. Yeah. For, and it's 300 bucks. I couldn't believe it. I had to chase it across the country, get my friend Laurie, bass player in my band, to buy it for me because I knew I was coming to Perth. None in Queensland. Yeah, right. Last yeah. one was in Jancott. And very happy with it. So a ZTE, you can't get a more... Axon 7. And what's, what makes them better? They have the most incredible specs and power for a phone, a mid-range, low mid-range costing phone on the market. Yeah, cool. For that price, you just do not get what this phone provides. It's as good as 
say, uh, uh, I don't want to compare because I'm not a stat man. Does that phone allow you to travel back in time? No, that so was an extra my, feature that, yeah, they don't, doesn't come on the base models. My phone actually allows me to travel back in time. So What's the brand? It's an iPhone, but it's an iPhone time traveler. It's a special sort of type of phone. Yeah. Eye traveler. Yeah, it's an eye traveler. It's a special a phone. It uh, basically you uh, you you look at it and you hit a button which goes and you dial Record. in. Yeah, you dial yeah. in when you want to go back. Ah. Yeah. So if you want to go back to like 1983, or 85, and visit. Yeah, you can do 85. Yeah, Doc. Doc, You visit the original Dr. Dre, like before this other guy come about. You know, but also Michael J. Fox and Michael J. Fox was was, those guys was not shaken as much back then. He was. Yeah. uh, yeah, He still looked 14, but he probably was 14. And the way engineering was going, we would have had hover cars by now. We should have had hoverboards. We should have had at least hoverboards. But uh, we we don't have hoverboards, unfortunately. So, yeah. So that was that was the deal. Now, for the folks at home listening there in Facebook world, g'day to everybody and uh, remember to submit a question. We will talk about it. I know you can't hear Pete very well because we're only using the mic on the phone, but we are actually recording a Stacks podcast episode now. So uh, if you want to know more about that, you just simply... Uh, go to iTunes or to uh, SoundCloud or just to uh, Stacks Podcast Facebook page and uh, you can listen in all the Stacks Podcasts that have been done, uh, whether it's now or, or, or recently. There so, you go, mate. You're running out of battery. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I switch to live, it's like, no, nah, we're not doing <laughs> no. this. Yeah. They're going to say something. Hard. You're going to say something about the US government. <laughs> Oh no, let's not go there. No, so, but uh, yeah, so you, you seem to think that the whole history of the of the the what the planet, the history of well, I've got this thing, civilization starting. I've got, I've got this thing: the last great flood that happened about twelve thousand years ago. I think it wiped out a lot of ice age or flood. Well, was it the ice age twelve thousand years? Well, I when the when the know. ice when the ice melted. No, it, it melted no, you're rapidly. Right. Flood, it, yeah, and melted rapidly, and it because created, ice age was much longer ago. Surely. Created a big flood. Well, the, the ice was over the land for a long time prior to. Yeah, prior, yeah, yeah. Um, as they say in Game of Thrones, winter was was well and truly here for a the, long period of time. Which winter? The one that was coming for so long. What was the name of that winter? Jeff. <laughs> Jeff was the name of that winter. Uh, Adjusting. Have you got sound in your cans? Flood, yeah. But there is a lot of stories, and not only Christianity and the Bible and Old Testament and all that stuff, that suggest that there was some great flood and there was an ark, and there is actually evidence to somewhat support that. It is not a far-out theory like... Everyone kind of... Well, there's, there's a guy called um, Randall Carlson and another guy called Graham Hancock that have done work together and they, they always talk about the floods and he is a, 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 a geochemist and a geophysicist as well. So he's, he looks at the land and he can tell you where glaciers have moved things and what they've done and the characteristics of glacial shifts, water shifts, 
massive amounts of water moving over the land have left you know like when you see the beach and that the way the wind goes over sand and it leaves those ripples well you're seeing where water's done that in parts of the world and and it suggests that we had sort of water you know a thousand feet above sea level in a lot of areas at the moment so very interesting Mm. Mm. there's actually uh i think it's this one uh what is it called national geographic did a documentary on the secrets of noah's ark and there's a whole bunch of people chinese people and some other scientists uh archaeologists that had a crack at looking for it and they didn't find it but they found evidence to show like they're still looking in the specific spot that all the records suggest that it might be and they figured out this i'm pretty sure it's somewhere in china and they're trying to find fossilized remains of the wood of the ark. And yeah, they're still looking for it, but they've honed in on the particular area. So do you think the ark was more of a symbolic reference or do you think it actually existed? And, and I mean, the whole theory of two by two by two by two, you know, like did it. Of every species. and I, like I just don't see how that. Would fit on a boat. Well, also the time frame plus the, the, evo- the, uh, the evolving of the way creatures and things have. I mean, you look at even the human species. So when you look at the time frame of when that happened versus the human species now and as to how long we've been around, um, it, 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 the biblical sense, I think, is more of a metaphorical reference yeah, right. as opposed to an actual timeline reference. And, and what the ark may be, may, be, may have been built like 12,000 years ago. I do not doubt for one minute that there was... You look at things like Tebekli Tepe and the pyramids, uh, Machu Picchu and a few of those other things. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, there's all that sort of stuff going on. But so this, you look at the technology involved there. I've got no doubt in my mind that they, they saw these floods coming and d- developed arcs or something for to ensure survival. And monuments that would survive it. Yeah, yeah. So or I think, survive not specifically the flood, but survive the ages. Well, the, the pyramids, and, and look, and there was, here's the thing. Tebekli Tepe in particular is a place in Turkey, which is a, a monument to uh, to time and to the stars and to uh, culture plus uh, seasonal mapping and all that kind of stuff. And it was developed, and they say it's, you know, older than 12,000 years which is when we had these great floods, ish, ish, back then. Tebekli Tepe was purposefully covered up. Now, would you, if knowing that floods were coming and that it's going to move a lot of water across the land and you wanted to protect something, would you cover that up? Of course you would. Yeah, well... Or was uh, it covered up by the floods? <laughs> I you, There's always people that are going to... Oh, for whatever reason, they may believe that they can't do anything about it. And you know what? They, they, they believe that they're the chosen ones to help the species survive and stuff. And, oh, yeah, whatever it might be. But you're absolutely right in, t- in saying that the pyramids and there's, there's a lot of evidence out there su- to suggest that uh, there were ancient intellectual uh, species of humans that walked the earth way longer ago than just 4,000, 6,000 years, which is what 
we all believe today to be the case? Well, they believe the human species has been around for close to 1.2, 1.5 million years in the form, current form that we've got. But prior to that, you had, you know, you go through like Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, all those kinds of, you know, lead, Homopithecus and that leading all the way up to where we are today. But I think that humans were around a lot more. And the question that I've always had is, was there something that interjected with what was on Earth that created us and allowed our brain capacity to expand and gave us the technology to create technology. Mm. You know, at some point, I mean, you look at all the animals that have been on the planet, like crocodiles have been on the planet for uh, millions and millions of years, crocodiles, in the same format that they are now, but they haven't developed hoverboards. <laughs> yeah. So something allowed us, and they say, well, it's opposable thumbs, did opposable thumbs give us the ability then to, you know, to uh, develop technology, technology, and all, all that kind of stuff? And, and it wasn't that at all. It was a case of, you know, and I think that's the big. This is the crucible, and and it's the big crescendo of our existence was those floods. It it changed everything, and it obscured everything that we had in the past. And I also believe asteroidal impact would have had a lot to do with uh, our, our course of history and, and our knowledge of history as well. Mm. You look at those ancient Sumerian te- texts, uh, there was a language that existed well before people are saying that a lot of people were painting in caves. The Australian Aboriginals have been around for 60,000 years uh, and they were doing cave paintings. But prior to that, there was a, a language, a writing and a documented uh, civilization going on around Samaria, and who's to say that these places like Atlantis and all those things didn't exist back then, but were uh, were definitely you know they, they were around, and then due to the sea levels moving up and down, things are here, then they're not, and uh, yeah, exactly. It, it, there's too much evidence to suggest that some of these things could have definitely been present, and. I think a lot of the issue today with people uh, recognizing that is that it just blows their minds and they just refuse to try and even contemplate that all these things may or may not have occurred and our origins and all of it. It's just, it goes way over their head. And because they're way too absorbed in themselves, which is not, it's not a rip. It's not a... uh, criticism because there are a lot of other forces in our world today that are driving us to be way more selfish self-entitled and self-absorbed all by design well that's my theory anyway um yeah i'm convinced about so much of this stuff there you know obviously there's there's going to be discussion about until we find hard evidence of all this stuff you know, you're never going to be able to, you know, stand up on court and go, this is the correct nature. But there is obviously so much of history that has been, it's not correct in the way that we know it now. There's so much more that we don't know about. Yeah, true. There's, uh, there's, there's way too much. And, and look, the thing is too, and we've talked about it in the past, where the historians might get together and they're, they're afraid of sort of turning around and going, we were well, wrong. We, we were wrong. Because uh, they've spent their whole lives 
believing in something. But not only their their lives, their income, even eggs, their reputation, everything. They're not allowed. They effectively in this, they've been held prisoner by their own uh, forced careers. Like in terms of when I say forced careers, is in they're not allowed to be wrong. Same with similar things happen in medicine. Similar things happen in um, ah oh, lots of lots of industries. You can't spend your life. That's why when you try and get the older generations to see your point of view, they just completely refuse because to be wrong makes them feel like they're weak or yep. or that they've been living wrong and they just refuse to... And you, you can understand that from a self-preservation point of view, uh, but that is one of the problems I believe with our society and the way it's been constructed is that we're not allowed to be wrong. So people are afraid of being wrong. And uh, there's so many people I know that use way too much energy, so much of their being, defending what they believe. That is a massive problem. We are not open-minded enough. We are, we are so self-absorbed, self-entitled, proud and not in a good way, proud in the way that we're not, we're holding ourselves back from evolving as a species. I believe that too. I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head that I think we we reached a, a peak of evolving about 200 years ago. You know, In terms of our intelligence, our, well, our mental capacity and our physical kind of... Because you was weren't you saying the other when we were smashed that we are the weakest forms of humans? We are as far as as far as on a purely physical sense. Yeah. When you talk about things like health, strength, yeah. yes, um, human development, we're the weakest form. We're of the weakest humans form of human that's been that, that we know about. In that terms, we know yeah. about. We yeah. suffer from more flu- disease, well, cancer. No, nah, not well. Cancer's the big one. Because that's a prior to that, we, in itself. before Holy we shit. had, well, it all, the big change there and where the pendulum shift was there was when I, and this is what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm just a dumb bastard. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking when, when we got um, antibiotics and penicillin. Oh, yeah. That was the beginning of our decline as a robust species. We started living in a world where we're way too clean and way too obsessed with living in a sanitized world that our bodies don't have the ability after generation and generation to our immune systems are weaker than they've ever been our health is declining because of this our lives have become way too convenient and yeah that it's it all heads towards this one conclusion where we're the weakest of our own species we've ever been on uh on Facey Live right now, we've got um, Andrew Frankish has just dialed in. G'day, Anders. Holy Ma- shit, we've got people we've dialing got, in. Yeah, we've got people joining in on the conversation. You're kidding That's, me. Yeah, welcome to the technolo- technological wow, world. Mark Zuckerberg, you've that done we, something good. Yeah, this he's is good. Doing, he's doing good. Uh, so Andrew's saying that uh, they're constantly wrong, constantly wrong, and that they're, they're right. Like we just said, they're too proud to, 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 re, you know, to, to reiterate re-assess on what they said and reassess and... And it's just pride that sort of does that. And That's actually so funny. I've got a and, funny story for and you. Just, well, just a quick one on Andrew. Andrew's from a place called Kent in... Uh, did I get that right, Andrew? I can't remember if it was Kent. What, Kent in UK? In the UK. Very old place. Yes. And uh, yeah, and he's, uh, that's a place I'd love to go to. Just around those 
places in UK where so much history, yeah. so much history. It's and so you have. But to he was saying that science thing. is constantly wrong, and yeah. I guess, I guess, this day and age, we're starting to accept that. I mm. think, I think, go back a hundred years ago, or maybe two hundred years ago, we were at a point where the scientists were trying to. They were trying to lead the world in information. Just remember that, in a way, I guess scientists back in in uh, the 1800s were today's internet. Mm. Or today's Google, you know? That's probably a good way to look at it. The And he just he just corrected me, Yorkshire. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I said Kent. He's probably, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he'll probably throw, throw a dart at me next time mm. he sees me for that. I don't know. It's going to be a bad thing. He's going to spend a bit of money on the flight. Yeah, so... No, he's just up the road, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's just up the road. He's not too far why away. Why so. don't we use all the UK names for places here? Why don't we come No, no, no. Yorkshire is not the road. Andrew's up the road. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't live right. too far away. We work Context. together. Yeah, we work together. Context. So. He's a Isn't great guy. Isn't that funny about Tesla? Recently, it was we figured out that Tesla was actually the guy that invented uh, uh, I need to look this up properly but there was patents that he had invented that were taken by was I it Graham Bell or some of the, one I of the th- other yeah I think there was also an engine he he did so I think much there was stuff. a hydro a hydro engine that that may have been and electricity when he created it it was taken over by this other guy, patented, because he believed that everyone should have electricity. So back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, whatever it was, I can't remember, probably early 1900s, someone bought the rights and created a monopoly. And then, therefore, only the rich had it, and it didn't evolve our species again. You got the wrong people at the top, um, way too self-absorbed. might have been something that produced electricity. Well, just he invented electricity. He, in, he invented, well... Well, he didn't invent electricity. He invented a way to conduct to, electricity. To generate, to perhaps. generate, yeah. 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 But that that's another whole... But Nikolai Tesla, it was... I mean, there was a whole heap of things that he was studying that was quite good. But there was also... Transmitting I, I th- electricity yeah, over Yeah, I think airways. I remember seeing something along the lines, too. He also had an assistant that was... Doing a lot of magnificent things as well, or, or and something he was like suppressed that. for credit. Like he didn't get any credit for well, what. I'm he not came sure. Up. I'm not sure. I, I, I really don't know. But yeah. I could be just diving down a wrong rabbit hole there. But this is kind of proving our point in terms of uh, selfish people, status hungry people, stealing ideas, not being able to come up with their own because they're not open minded or creative enough or whatever it might be. And then history books being changed, records being suppressed, whatever it might have been. It's, it's, a, it's a disease in our species. And we've got a lot of problems we've got to figure out if we want to actually evolve as a species rather than just plateau or even die off. We're in a point, and I believe, that it could go terribly wrong for us if we don't start making massive change. And I think more and more people are starting to be aware of that. There's so many problems in the world that could go catastrophically wrong. Are we talking nuclear energy? One of, that's one of many One of the things. things? Are we talking what we're doing to the environment? Yeah, that's another thing. Do you have faith that the earth could just... The earth will get... be fine. We'll be dead. Yeah. The earth will regenerate. Yep. It always does. And 
that's the thing too. I mean, that gets back to what we're talking about with the the civilization thing. Had they got to a point where they were maybe discovering things like nuclear fusion, or I, I I've got a theory that they were more along the lines of um, they did a lot of. Remember, I showed you that quantum physics stuff where things were staying still. Can you vaguely remember that the other night? And what? The uh, superconductors and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Right. Frozen so, to so, minus yeah, something. So they, they were using a technology that we don't tend to use so much, which is superconductors and magnetic freezing. Um, mm. uh, the theory goes that there's no such thing as magnetism on the Earth. I mean, there's no such thing as gravity. gravity. It's all it's all magnetic, Magnet. and it's all due to sound resonance, mm. and this is what controls everything on Earth. And so, us musos are smarter than we people take. Well, we we tap into it in a in a way, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's the secret to why people like music, mm. because DNA it's ingrained into yeah. us, mm. and it's all due to the the magnetic resonance that creates life, and what God is is as magnetic. What God is 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 magnetic. Resonance. Resonance. Okay, so explain why people like... Sorry to cut you off. No, you're right. Um, Go for it. Who's that dickhead singer that is useless? Brian Adams. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chad, hey, Chad Kroger? No, uh, no, 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 no. He's, for the folks he's at home, who's the, who's the worst singer out there? Yeah, let's get... A, I was trying to think of the worst singer I could think of ever. I'm trying to think of the worst... Like, it just doesn't make sense. Meatloaf. Meatloaf is he the worst no, singer he ever? No, he's just he's just on drugs and in his own world or whatever he is. He's, Jim Morrison, but he's good. No, I'm talking about shit people, Jai. <laughs> people with no talent whatsoever, and they've been pushed in just because they're rich. So I'm going to have a go at singing because I've got money behind me, and people are going to make me famous. Donald Trump sings. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Russell Crowe. Oh, he's a good example, but at least he could sing somewhat. He's somewhat of a musician. He started as a musician. He's not that bad. He's not bad. There's a funny Friends of Rom song that I love to sing called Russell Crowe's Band's A Fucking Pile of Shit. <laughs> it is hilarious. I play, I play it here and there. It's, it's very funny. Oh, who am I thinking of? I don't know. When Paris Johnny Hilton. Depp. No, he's not bad. He's, he's talented. T- Paris Hilton or say the Pussycat Doll Kim Kardashian she's a great example she can sing but she's she has no musical brain bone in her body but somehow she can sing I don't know how she does it who's someone's a useless anyway we're wasting time useless singers so I've got a story if I may resorting back to the whole thing about people are too proud to be open minded and change their beliefs or their work because they're way too way too uh, stuck in their ways and they've been doing it for too long that they're never going to change become stubborn i i was in kalgoorlie on a short weekend tour uh probably about eight years ago with some good mates of mine mike nickers and ant smith and at the end of the gig it was only a couple of places open as as always and you're never going to get anything de- anything decent at that hour in Kalgoorlie so I ordered a pizza from one of the more decent shops down the road before it shut over the phone and I asked for a, a margarita pizza they're like oh yeah sweet it'll be you know blah 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 this much money it'll be ready in 10 minutes 
cool. So I walk up to the shop, get the pizza, run back to the pub that we were playing and hang out with the staff for a drink and, and smash some pizza. I opened the box and it was a cheese pizza. It was just covered in plastic, shittiest, crappiest cheese. I went back to the store and I said, sorry, I think maybe that we got the wrong order. This is a cheese pizza and I ordered a margarita. So the woman got the cook to come up to me. The cook actually owns the shop, runs it. And he said to me, he asked me, he opened the box and he's like, what are you talking about? That's a margarita. What? And I'm like, well, I, I'm pretty sure that margarita pizzas are tomato based and they've got lots of spices. He just cut me off. He said, it's a margarita. What do you want from me? And I continued and I was like, I'm sorry, that's, from what I understand, and because I've got margaritas before, basically he just said, mate, it's a margarita. I've been cooking pizzas for 30 years. It's a margarita. Now, please leave. And I'm like, at this point, I was <laughs> quite annoyed. I turned around and I said, well, mate, clearly, if you think this is a margarita, you've been cooking pizzas for 30 years wrong. And I tell that to so many people when we have discussions like this about how stubborn people are when, when it comes to them doing something or they're working at something or have a belief for longer than a few years. It is impossible to change their minds. The same thing happens with Australian politics when people, I don't know if we talked about this last podcast uh, about the Australian election last one. I went around and asked a few people at my gigs, good stock gigs or my solo gigs, who they, were vo- who they voted for, who they were going to vote for and why. And some of the answers I got was just disturbing. A lot of it was habitual voting. A lot of it was voting as your parents would. Uh, it, people, it's, people aren't... And I came up with a system that, that actually has actually been talked about now by some of the, the more clever people in this country that... We should have a system, if we're going to do compulsory voting in this, in this country, that we need a system uh, whereby when we go to vote, that we fill out a small questionnaire about politics. And it would have a few key, well-thought-out questions that would basically rate every voter on their capacity to vote, to actually have put some thought into their vote. And, and then, it would be oh, then, then discounted would, if they just didn't know a thing. It would stop <laughs> voting manipulation like we get in, or vote rigging like we get in the US. It would stop any of that happening here. And it would basically mean that anyone with half credibility, their votes would be counted. And perhaps there would be some sort of rating system where the, whereby if you can't answer any of them correctly, zero, your vote's not counted. Maybe one vote for if you have somewhat idea and, and then it would continue up, conti- um, continue up how detailed and how well you answer the questionnaire. Obviously the questionnaire would have to be well thought out um, and it would have to be quick and concise so that people can be bothered filling it out and so that the lines don't get so long. But also it would be better than perhaps digital voting, which they're trying to bring in next election because that can just be rigged by clearly i mean data can be manipulated like that by anyone with any hacking experience so 
kind of reminds me of a, a Bill Burr uh, segment, and uh, it, it, he's got it online. So, but he talks about you know like culling of people. Yeah, and, and that's I, I, you've heard that bit where I have it, so and he good. talks about culling of people, and he goes, it right, does. you know, we're we're about to do an exam, and. You know, and there's people that oh, I forgot a, I, I forgot a pen. He goes, well, you're oh, out. No, you're out. <laughs> and the cruise ship thing, like the easiest way to cull, you know, it would be just the cruise ship send people. Them out on anyone, a cruise ship, anyone just... who goes out on cruise ships, just take out cruise ships. That's the easiest way, because the only people that go on cruise ships, uh, people with too much money, people at the end of their lives, people that oh, there's some of the things he comes up with is genius. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious. Hilarious. Well, Pete, um, mate, it's been. Balls out talking here. I've got a ton of stuff to go through on the on the prize stuff, a bit of the drunk sessions, a bit of music to listen to. Uh, I've got some mates that have just arrived from New South Wales, so really Mate, good. would you do me a favour? Yeah. Uh, play one of my tunes? Yes, for sure. Name it. Good man. Well, I guess it's got to be the video clip. Until I bring out this new EP, which unfortunately I don't know when for a variety of different reasons. I don't know when it's going to come out, but hopefully soon. But maybe we can play one from the last... Last EP. Yeah, sure. So what's what's it called? Imprudence. Oh, Imprudence. Yeah. Well, and there's a video clip, so we, we you may, can watch it and play it. We may have played it before. Does that mean we can't do it again? We can do it again. No, I'll, I'll give you a different song. Okay. Because it's, obviously you can't watch a podcast. So this one will be called, uh, what's a fun one? Really hardcore rock and roll? Or do you want a bit more heavy and metallic-y? Yeah, let's go heavy. Okay. They're both heavy as though, both of them, but cool. one's a little bit more faster paced. All right. What? Which one? Let's you play both of them. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, then it's Parker Avenue, Big Mistake will be the first one, and then we'll finish off with Parker Avenue, It's It Isn't Dead. And where can we find these, Pete? You can find them. That's a, That's a brilliant question. I've had to take down my website and I don't any longer have a subscription to... So that's a very good question. But I think you can still find it on Google Play. I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> Google Play. All you right. can find It Isn't Dead EP by Parker Avenue on Google Play because they're not assholes. They keep that stuff. And or you, just look up Parker Avenue. Are, are you it using Spotify? Dead. That seems to be the new one now. That's the... Uh you got to pay a subscription to stay on there. Oh, Triple J on Earth. That's another way to find it. Beautiful. Parker Avenue. All right. So, Cheers, uh, man. Good seeing you, brother. Take Me care too, back in Cairns. Uh, or should I say... Uh, Early Beach. Early Beach. It's, it's actually a fair whack from Cairns, really. Or Reverb Nation. Reverb Nation. So that's where you can find it. All right, so really good seeing you, brother. Always good talking to you. I loved, great conversation. It made a lot more sense, that one, than the last one we tried. But as, you, as you've just heard, we have played some of the last one as well. Uh, just to give you a bit of a, you know, change it up just a little bit. We were very, very drunk when we'd done those last ones. So <laughs> you get a laugh out of it at least, hopefully. We did get a laugh out of it. Really cool to talk to you, mate. And uh, look, you too, man. can't wait to see you again. You've got to shoot off. You've got to get a plane. I have to at some and, point. And uh, get yourself tonight. back home. And, mate, let's uh, let's talk soon. Talk Don't soon. be a stranger. Let's uh, dial up and dial even up. just come up and have a quick chat on yep. the podcast as a guest on the phone. Who knows? Oh. Or Facebook Live with Skype, with Facebook podcast, with, with Skype. all the above. With all the above. Plus beers. Plus beers. Cheers, brother. Great talking to you on Stacks Podcast. My name's Cheers, Jai. Jai. I'm Buffhead. 
This Go is fair. Pete. Pete Ashton Dickhead from Parker Ashton. Avenue. Parker Avenue. Living in Cairns now. So if you are going through the... Early Beach. I've got to keep saying <laughs> got to stop saying that. Living in Early Beach now. So if you are travelling through Early Beach, make sure you sw- swing by, drop in, have a look for this clown and see his good mate, uh, Jan. And, Jan uh, Arns, yep. And uh, you should call yourself Pete Dean Ashton. and it could be Jan and Dean on stage. Yeah. The hits, yeah. Do a bit of surf music. And then, uh, yeah, make sure you stop by and see him at one of the venues there. KC's a, will be the house band there soon. It's not a massive KC's. place, so you can stop by and check it out. All right. I'm Jai, this is Pete, this is Stax Podcast, we're out, thank you very much. All right. Tune in next week for the Scudbone Sessions, we're out. Rock on.